Blog Talk Radio. Sometimes something beautiful happens in this world. You don't know how to express yourself, so you just gotta sing. of Archivists Set on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girl's perspective. Our usual host is a little delayed at the moment. She's having technical difficulties, so the head hauntress will be on her way. Uh, in the meantime, I'm Erin Marie, the sexy porn witch. Um, I have with me, of course, um, our... <laughs> Enchantress of Nevermore over on the West Coast as well, Miss Raven. What's up? And we also have our West Coast correspondent, the Warlock of Orange County, Mr. Aaron. Hello. hello. Um, I do not know who else may be on the line with us at the moment, but I at least know it's us three. Can you hear me calling? Yay! 
Can you hear Perfect. me now? All right. Is that Papa, you might can you hear me? a more in-depth introduction, <laughs> but I think I covered it okay. <laughs> you can you hear me calling in the night? <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. How many calling songs can we do? All right. Hey, well, I'm you, here. Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> can you hear me? Oh my God! No, yeah. That's the one I was going for. I don't know. I was going for a couple of. I was kind of mushing them all together, but. Uh, and thank you, Erin Marie. You want to introduce me? Go ahead. Finish introductions. I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> this is my wonderful head huntress. Um, she is my partner in crime. We're getting ready to hit Indianapolis uh, in uh, about a week and a half. And she's over here on the East Coast with me as well. She actually works in an archive as well <laughs> as uh, I just got finished watching her in the SP2 Beats of Rage. Yeah. Give it up for our hostess, Elizabeth Catherine Gray. Woo! Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad that was worked out. Um, I've been having the worst luck with, with blog talk lately. Uh, I haven't even fixed it yet. Mm. If you go back, you'll see the Re- Repo Nerds is actually in two parts because we completely had to shut down the show and restart it. Uh, <laughs> because it, it was the first wow. time in history where it, it it locked me out. Then my computer decided to do an update because, you know, fuck me. <laughs> so, God. So that was really awful. But we're here, and I'm glad you're all with me tonight. I gave because of that trauma. Steve has a couple of weeks off here, so I'm letting I'm letting my repo nerds and. But he's not completely off the hook because our next episode is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. So he has some work oh, yeah. to do. He's not so, gonna miss that. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm really excited. That'll be that's July. We got a. Big ass July coming up. So, but first we have the end of June, and we are now officially ladies, gentle witches, and all of us are going to big three snaps to busy season. June is busy season mm-hmm. for the next three yeah. months, but we like to call it pre-Halloween or, or midsummer Halloween, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call midsummer scream, which is midsummer. actually coming up. Yeah. Yay! It is midsummer. <laughs> yeah. Midsummer yeah. time of pagan sacrifice, kind of getting it on, time of like birth and babies, all sorts of fun uh, pagan stuff. So we, but we're gonna, so we got a lot to talk about tonight. First, we're gonna do our, you know, clean up, catch up, see what we've been watching, and do some reviewing. And then Aaron Marie and I, around between nine thirty nine forty five, whenever we feel like, start talking about it. We are gonna do a preview of our visit to. Days of the Dead, Indianapolis, which is our first time going, and used to be the biggest of the Days of the Dead shows. I don't know if it is anymore. I think Vegas may be bigger just because the venue automatically makes it larger. But it's still one of the best of the Days of the Dead show. I've never gone. Uh, Aaron's gone, right? Aaron, you went once, right? Uh, no, Aaron I have Marie? not been to Days of the Dead Indianapolis. I have been ah. to Horror Hound in Indianapolis. Ah, ah, you've been to Horror Hound, which is a completely different monster. Uh, so, yeah, right. okay, so good. So this is going to be a first time for both of us, which is pretty exciting. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then after that, around 1030, 
And she's been on the show before. Uh, filmmaker Vanessa Ionta, right? She was on my Days of the Dead Women's and Independent Horror Film Panel in Atlanta last year. And she is going to come on and talk about Stephen King in our Summer of Stephen series, leaving up to the Halloween horror movie Marathon Madness in October, sure. The Kings and The Master. She is what's called a, a, a Stephen King dollar Stephen King Dollar Baby, which is a uh, special program that Stephen King does to low-end filmmakers and writers. And I'm going to have her talk about the process as well as Rainy Season and what else or else she has up her sleeve. She also is one of the festivals. She works for the festival uh, Women in Hor- Independent Horror down in Atlanta. So she's very, very busy. And we're really glad that she's going to call in and talk about that. And that's at 1030. In the meantime, let's go ahead and get started with what we are we're doing. The real question is, we all have stuff we definitely want to talk about today. We definitely, there's a lot of movies and things like that to talk about. And I've got, of course, I just played, I had just had Sex by the Lonely Island. I have stuff to talk about, or I wouldn't have normally played that. Um, who wants to go first? Go. Um, Raven and I watched Murder Mystery, the Adam Sandler oh, yeah. movie that dropped on Netflix. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Go for it. <laughs> um, After you, my dear. <laughs> I'm not usually the largest fan of Adam Sandler. Um, I do enjoy his movies. I just don't necessarily enjoy him in them. And this was like one mm. of the worst cases of it for me. But everybody else was so delightful and interesting and funny that it kind of made up for the fact that you didn't want him there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess, uh, I'm kind of neutral yeah. on him. So uh, I don't know. I I had a fun time, except I I really felt like the script was screaming at me that it was written by a white male. But other than that, <laughs> well, it was. I mean, you know, you know, white males, you know, they gotta write what they know. You can't be, you know, it's okay. You know, we're yeah, not gonna but usually that. that entails, you know, with Adam Sandler anyway, that usually entails homophobia and blackface. So, you know, well, oh, yeah, a uh, we didn't go that far this time. <laughs> However, Thank I 100% <laughs> will defend um, his Zohan movie. I think the Zohan, uh, the Zohan movie is actually really funny. And and Paul okay. loved it. Okay, don't mess with the Zohan. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, he, he can have his moments. The premises of this movie is just she's never been on a honeymoon. He underappreciates her. He forgot their anniversary, so he gets a surprise trip. She meets, you know, this handsome stranger, Luke Evans, gets invited to a a party on a yacht, and how can you say no to that? So uh, they go, and somebody gets killed. (laughs) And not to give anything else away, but people keep dying like flies, and the person you suspect, which... I I honestly thought I had that one, and then of course it flipped, which was cool as shit. <laughs> so, you know, I, I enjoyed it. There's and a lot of little you know, nods to Agatha Christie in it too, which is pretty cute. Yeah. If you had to give it a letter grade, what would you say? If I had to give it a letter grade, I would say like a B minus. 
Okay. That's funny because I was going to say C plus, but I feel like you liked it. Wait, I feel like I liked it better than you did. That's weird. <laughs> C plus, I'm really just a harsh grader, I guess. I just, you know, every time he opened his mouth, I cringed a little. It was like, oh, yeah. uh, did he have to say that? Why is she even with him? <laughs> I know. What do you know? I You're a hairdresser. She wouldn't be with him. I hope she wouldn't. Uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. it didn't seem like the healthiest of relationships. <laughs> well, you know, they were saying I was reading an article today about murder mystery that if, with the they they it, you know, and this is all speculative because of course Netflix doesn't really give their numbers, but according yeah. to adjustments, it would have been a hundred and twenty million dollar opening at the box office last weekend if it oh, came wow. out in the theaters. So it would have actually wow. been a modest hit um, last. Yeah. And Toy Story would have still probably collaborated it. Uh, but, you know, oh, that's because yeah. it's a kid's movie, you know, so it, it works that way. <laughs> uh, that's so, so impressive. And yeah. uh, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. No way. 100%? Toy Story 4, 100%. Oh, I thought you were talking about. Oh, Toy Story Four. I was going to say Murder Mystery is one hundred percent. No, I don't know about that. But none of us actually got. Well, we had two people Uh watch the Netflix Adam Sandler Jennifer Aniston movie. None of us saw Toy Story Four, did we? No, no, I was at Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about Godzilla. Okay, so. yeah, I went with my dad, and um, first of all, I was mistaken when the trailer came out because it looked like Millie Bobby Brown was touching touching Gamera's face, but it's actually Baby Mothra's face, um, and I'm okay with that, but there is no Gamera, so if you have hopes for Gamera, well, actually, there is, <laughs> there is, but it's an eye blank, <laughs> but um, oh my gosh, so there's so many problems. There's plot holes. There's continuity errors. There's editing errors, mistakes, flubbed lines. And I don't care. I don't care. The monsters were great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Godzilla looked amazing. We've got Godira, Mothra. I mean, they should have added the line like, out of my way, Mothra fucker, because Mothra was tits. She was beautiful. Her song was on point. I think she would have gotten the golden buzzer if she was on America's Got Talent. Um, And just like all the monster scenes, which I can never get enough of, were fantastic. Um, Once they get to the people, I care less, but that's the same with any Godzilla movie. I thought there was a good balance between people and monsters demolishing everything. Um, And then a huge, the last five minutes of are just setting up for <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, it's wow. basically a preview already. So but are you going to uh, be on, you know, on board for the next one? Oh, I'm there. I'm already in line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Kaiju. I love Kaiju. I, yes. I had a choice this weekend. I really wanted to go see Godzilla. Like, like It's funny because our drive-in was okay lineup. The doll, the cheap theater was like every movie I wanted to see in there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can catch up with so many films. 
And so I got out. I wanted to go see Godzilla. I got outvoted by the husband and the kid, and it blew me away because they chose Detective Pikachu. <laughs> so the Pikachu. I've been wanting so, to see that. You know, it's cute. I and it's a, there's some really cool things about it, but honestly, it's really kind of forgettable. I, I I actually was a little bored by it, like the story itself. Oh. Um, now, in the centerpiece, there's this really awesome fight sequence because there's not much Pokemon fighting, which I think is part of the problem. If I'm watching a Pokemon mm. movie, I want to see Pokemon fights. I want to see them. There right. is a big yeah, centerpiece right. Pokemon fight in the film. It's all underground fighting, and there's these awesome mm-hmm. monsters that do beatboxing <laughs> that when they go crazy, start doing industrial. And that was the tits right there. That was awesome. They had a ghost. <laughs> they had a ghost Pokemon fighting. Uh, uh, uh fighting a, mo- a Pokemon. Ghost Pokemon's are my favorite. So uh, all of that was really, really awesome. And I will say when it came to the consistency of the creatures and the universe built for Pikachu and for, you know, for Pokemon, they kept consistent Mm -hmm. within the universe. They did give some shout outs to the Kanto region. That's where Ash is. Uh, And, uh, but here's the thing. If you're going to make a movie about Pokemon, it should have one, but probably two things to make it work. One is Pokemon fighting, which it had, very very little to almost none okay which was kind of because it is it's a murder mystery okay yeah the other side it should have team rocket somewhere in there right somewhere no team rocket anywhere not a drop not even an easter egg shout out to that now maybe there was one because i'm not the pokemon expert my daughter is uh, I might have no. missed the Easter egg, but I did not see a single Team Rocket shout out in there anywhere. Um, right. ma- um, Mewtwo is in it, and he's awesome. Beautiful design. Once again, oh so the Pokemon. So yeah, the Pokemon is good. Uh, that's there's a there's a scene with a bunch of Bulbasaurs, and they're just the cutest. Oh my god, Bulbasaurs are awesome. Uh, so like I said, all the Pokemons are good. Okay, I'm gonna give you, but I'm, it's not really my audience. It was good enough. I've enjoyed it enough to like, you know, was it, I didn't feel like I wasted my money, but I really wanted to go see fighting in the one next door because mm. every time I walked by, Dark Phoenix and Godzilla were playing in the same theater and back next to each other, and I would hear someone scream in the dark scene, ah! and then I walked over and I hear Godzilla go, ah! <laughs> I just love that. I was like, ah, oh, I watch those movies. I want to see some fighting. I didn't get my God. So I'll have to get my Godzilla on soon. Uh, I really soon. Yeah. I was tr- I, I, yeah you really, need to see that in the theater. I, I, yeah, I do. Absolutely. I was really bummed. It just left the IMAX and I missed it. And I was really yeah. bummed about that. Uh, but take a peer review. I, I would say kids would like it. My daughter's review. Cause what she matters. Right. And I said, I'd give her the review and her review is she liked it until the twist. She didn't like the twist at all. And and oh. I, I don't know if I should spoil the end or not, but because it was really funny what she know. said. Maybe I'll spoil it care. in the best. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'm gonna. I know that uh, Aaron saw Pikachu, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know Aaron did. I loved Nobody it. else. So you loved it. So why did you? Uh, you obviously yeah. liked it more than I did. Well, the, the thing that uh, that 
I totally agree with you. It should have been a lot more uh, battles. And I'm okay with them saving Team Rocket for another movie. Although, obviously, Jesse and James rule the Earth. I mean, that's totally clear. But um, the the universe building, I, I, I think I, I mentioned to you before that it really reminded me of Zootopia in that way. And I was talking with another Disney fan, and they said, well, it was Zootopia, which is kind of hard to argue, but uh, it's but just a gorgeous like, film. I did like the idea of the, in this world region of wherever the, the Pokemon universe exists, that instead of them being wild creatures that are being encapsulated and forced to fight in arenas, mm-hmm. which I've always thought has a kind of a mixed message in Pokemon about taking <laughs> care of pets a tad this one they're fully absolutely. integrated they're absolutely integrated into society and they some of them have jobs some of them are pets if they want to be a pet but everybody yeah. has a choice you know there are ones in the wild too but you know but it's you know i, I kind of like that idea of coexistence but you know of course it's not real we yeah. learn later that it's an illusion but we won't go into mm-hmm. that um you know, there's some nefarious peoples floating around because, of course, yeah. there is, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Lily really didn't like Ryan Reynolds. She didn't like him at all. Let's just put it that Aww. way. She was okay. like, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking Pikachu's awesome. Ryan Reynolds, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. anyway, well, that's fair. All right. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's her age. It's aimed at her market. She's the trader. I mean, yep. I went, I took her to a Pokemon birthday party a few weeks back, and she was the only girl. So, you know, geek girls <laughs> awesome. following in footsteps. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> you know. All right. So, Aaron, before we get into yes. your centerpiece, which we have a really big interview, we want to say about, uh, do you have any movies or TV you want to report as well? And we continue on with this uh no movies report but i would like to mention that natalie and i went to the brand new location for dark delicacies and it seriously rocks so hard it might kill a man uh again if you're in the la area and you're a horror fan get your ass to dark delicacies i can't stress enough um it's just I mean, it's it's on a par with uh, uh, Carnivore uh, up in San Francisco area. Um, it, uh, Del, who runs the place, and Lisa truly are madly, deeply love horror, and it shows in everything. Uh, everything that you loved about the old place is there, except it's better they've made better use of the space and i think they've got a little more space it's not that cramped kind of used bookstore feel that the old place had which i did love it's now really wide and roomy and everything's spread out and you can see the stuff and uh they're still doing an aggressive uh calendar of signings including and i'm really excited about this uh masters of horror coming up soon uh, <gasps> Natalie and I will definitely be there for that. When is um, it? Oh God, we took the flyer. I think it's July. Oh my! Oh, theme time, yeah. man! So, that's gonna be. Right? There's one of our summer Steve interviews right there. 
who, who's going to yep. be there? You, you know, know? You know? You know? Oh, I know Joe Dante for sure is going to be there. Okay, um, well, that's I'm amazing. Who else? Is Mick Garrett yeah. going to be there? Huh? I believe so. I know he was just there, and I mean just, 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 like missed him by a day, for um, the 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 theater thing. The what? What is the new one that's out? Um, not uh, Devil's you, Oh, Nightmare Cafe. This is thank new, you, he, thank you. Yeah, he just did it at the ArcLight. Is that right? Was it the ArcLight or was it the New um, Beverly? He just did a ArcLight premiere. And he was at the the local one here in Orange County. Um, he was oh, okay. at the Frida, which again, oh, the Frida, the, Frida yeah. the only nonprofit in Orange County. Get your ass mm-hmm. to the Frida. Uh, they got a great yeah. fucking horror selection uh, all the time. They curate. Everything. Uh, yeah, they just look at yeah. their calendars and drool. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, okay. Exactly. Sex- Sexy witches here. Important. Real talk on air as we're talking, as we listen. Because, you know, Mick Garris is part of this whole Masters of Horror thing this October. And oh, yeah. I've been debating about writing to him directly with the list of the names that I've created to have him fact check it for me. Aaron, if I yeah. gave you a, if I sent this to you, would you print it out and give it to him? Fuck yeah. Would you? Of course I'll I make would. A nice, yes, of course I would. I'll, I will make a nice letter and explain. Yes. But I, I really think that, uh, <laughs> maybe I should leave him, but I might even invite him to come on the show. I mean, what's he going to say? No, go fuck off. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he won't do that. No, he is I, nice I, I guy. Think production. We completely invite him on. Yes. Okay. Um, All right. Go I, for I it. Met, I met the um, the author of the Crow screenplay while I was in Dark Delicacies with Natalie, and we were talking about Mick and the projects and da da da. Yes, of course. He was on. Um, I've been listening to Mick Garris's podcast Postmortem, and that same guy was on it talking about the Crow script. Really, really good podcast. I highly recommend Postmortem. Like I said, I've been starting from the beginning, working my way up to the newer ones. So I've finished all the old ones that were part of uh, uh, Boomhouse, Blumhouse Radio. Um, now the new ones mm-hmm. are part of uh, uh, Fangoria. They're a Fangoria product now, uh, but they're all on the mm-hmm. Fangoria, the old and the new ones. And they're about an hour each. You can burn through a lot of them. I they that and the Shutter podcast she kills are both really good horror interview podcasts. And I highly, highly recommend listening to them. And I will during the madness give points for listening to the postmortem podcast. Oh no, nice. nice. David yeah. Chow was the screenplay uh, author that I met at uh, Dark Delicacy who wrote The Crow. Cool, cool, cool. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything else? And I know speaking he's of... going to be there for the Masters Award. Yeah, and speaking of Dark Delicacies and Neil Gaiman, because they Neil Gaiman has frequent Dark Delicacies more than once, um, I just finished Good Omens. I believe, Raven, you have also finished Good Romans. And I finished so... it twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. See, um, did you or uh, did the Aaron's either one of you watch Good Omens yet? Oh yes. Oh yeah. So we have three people. I, How about you, I have des- I have desperately wanted to start it, but I have been um, 
fun of putting it off. <laughs> well, mm, it's only so six. Good. It's it's really short, but it's it's worth it. It was so far of of these half short season uh, like uh, things I've seen. It was probably one of the best. I mean, there's just the chemistry between David Tennant and is it is Mar- not Martin Sheen. Is that Marvin Sheen? Was it Michael. always messes? Michael Sheen, not Martin Sheen. Michael. Freeman, that's a different guy. <laughs> Michael Sheen. Uh, but there's some amazing freaking chemistry going on. Like the, there's, it is absolutely one of the best buddy buddy things I've seen in a while. Um, it, you know, it's funny cause I started watching it and Lucifer at the same time, which surprisingly have overlap, uh, in a weird mm-hmm. way. Um, now which one's better written? Clearly comments like, like, Good Omens is definitely like one of the snazziest written shows on television right now. Uh, I, the ending yeah. I thought was a lot of people staring and gawking at what was happening. And there wasn't a lot of action at the actual moment of climax and the whole freaking thing. Yeah. Uh, you know what? But I actually give it a pass that way because of course we have a whole new season coming up. And you know, so, do we? so there's that. Yes, we do. They have greenlit the season, and we're getting a season two. Good omen. What? Uh, I had not yeah. heard that. Yep, yep, yep. I didn't mean that. Like, wow. Yay! Yeah, wow. we're all happy That's about awesome. that. They did. Well, I... It did really well. So, um, and and that whole stupid yeah. Christians Netflix letter thing. <laughs> didn't hurt it at all. It made it more, more like, you know, what is this show? And they're like, oh my god, David Tennant in it. David Tennant exactly. trumps a lot mm-hmm. of things. Like, David Tennant is awesome. And everyone knows David Tennant is awesome. So, um, uh, yep. you know, I, like I said, I probably didn't like it as much as let's say Raven did, but as I've never read the book. So, so I came from a completely fresh perspective and I really had fun with it. And they really tried to play with trope. And they really try. Sometimes they would do really bizarre things, like put the title credits in the middle of the episode, which was totally bizarre. But it kind of worked because this whole whole thing is very surreal. So, Raven, yes. you take it. Yeah. Well, one thing that I really appreciated about it, um, you know, I I've always dreamed about an adaptation of Good Omens, and <laughs> for a really long time, because the book came out in 1990. Um, and one of the things, I think the funniest part of the book is when Aziraphale is driving, the way he talks to his boss is through a cassette player in his car, which for obvious reasons they didn't do this time because nobody has a cassette player anymore. But the joke was that any cassette that is in your car eventually morphs into Queen's Greatest Hits. And they paid homage to that by having Crowley, every time he drove up somewhere, what he was listening to all of a sudden was now Queen. See, um, I didn't know so, that. I just, there was Queen right. everywhere all over this right. thing. And I, I was making note of that. I was like, wow, it really is the year of and Queen, so, isn't it? Yeah, that, so I was wondering if you were, if you didn't read the book, how that would play. No. But for, but there's stuff, if you have, it's like, well, we're not going into it, but here's a nod to it. And I felt they did that a lot. Um, and so I didn't have to go, well, why'd you think about this part, you idiot? I never felt that way at all. I was okay with how Aaron might have a different story. But <laughs> for the most part, um, I had a delightful time. And considering other adaptations, 
just in general, this is way above, you know, it's way above the pack. But even for Neil Gaiman adaptations, I think it's really high up there, too, probably, you know, probably number one for me right now. I definitely wow. think it's going to come Over back around for our best of, of yeah. 2019 in November. I'm sure that we're going to review yeah. the Good Omens again. Uh, and uh, yeah. I, I wanted to say before I turn it over to Aaron and let him finish up, and then we're going to go ahead and give Aaron, we're going to go ahead and go to, right into Galaxy's Edge. So uh, uh, so be ready. Uh, <laughs> uh, the M24 catching on fire. So far, my favorite image I've seen, and why it caught on fire, my favorite thing in a TV show this year so far. <laughs> Hysterical. And I've driven the M24, so <laughs> I know about the M24. Uh, I went to England. You have to drive the M24 at least a little bit somewhere to get anywhere out of London. You have to drive the M24 somewhere. It's like the Beltway here in the Capital Beltway here in D.C. You have to hit a piece of it, whether you want to or not. It's terrible. All right. So so anyway, I felt bad for all the people on it. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, uh, sacrifice is sacrifice at the end of the world. That's a pretty good sacrifice. Uh, all right. So, Aaron Cogan, so what do you have to think about Good yeah. Omens? And then I want you to review Galaxy's Edge from Disneyland. We're so excited to hear about it. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, first off, um, you know, I was very, very fortunate to be able to attend the premiere at uh, Hollywood uh, Forever Cemetery with Neil Gaiman. So, I mean, I'm kind of biased, but I mean, from the jump, I fucking love Good Omens. I just, uh, you can't say enough good things about David Tennant and Michael Sheen playing off each other. Uh, Apparently, Neil had said from the beginning that he had Michael Sheen in in mind for the character because he just exudes goodness, he said. And David Suchet, I'm sorry, David Suchet, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> and it, uh, sashaying about is what I meant to say. Uh, and, you know, with his, I, I don't I'm not even Mick Jagger swaggers that much, but, but he, I don't he, fucking yeah, care. It was awesome. I swagger. loved it. Um, if, if I have one lie. bone to pick, I, I would say uh, the whole thing, with uh, Daddy showing up at the end was much ado about absolutely nothing. That's, and, that's what um, I was saying. I, the the ending was a little. That, that was. No, it was like everyone was just kind of staring. I didn't even know it was him. Uh, you know, it was just kind yeah. of staring. Yeah. Yeah. That's, my point. that's exactly my point. Yeah. yeah. So that's oh. my one thing. But otherwise, fabulous. Um, I can't wait to watch it again. Actually, if, if I didn't have so much new stuff, I'd be watching it again right now. Cool, cool. Oh, God, there's a lot of new stuff coming up. So, um, all right. So, because one of the things that's been distracting you from sitting in front of your television and wasting your life away slowly (laughs) but happily is wasting your life away slowly by happily walking around fake Star Wars worlds. So, please tell Uh, us what the new Disney's Galaxy's Edge is like. And then I have a question about Um, the blue milk that I have to ask you. Go first. Which I actually have. yeah, the happiest place on earth is oh so much happier right now. Uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is amazing. Um, 
uh, I, I again, uh, I was really lucky. I, I was there at the D23 Expo, Disney Expo, back when, when uh, the Imagineers came out and talked about it and told us that it was going to be immersive. I swear to God, if 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 I had a dollar for every time they said immersive, I could actually afford a Disney pass. But um, they were right. Every cast member that you meet is in character. Uh, It's all, I I mean, if you you sort of squint your eyes, you can believe that you've traveled far, far away a long time ago. Um, Galaxy Edge is actually um, Batu, which was first mentioned in one of Timothy Timothy Zahn's Admiral Thrawn books. And because uh, there's been all kinds of speculation about whether or not we're going to get Thrawn in the next movie, and speaking of uh, other past Doctor Whos, uh, we know that uh, Doctor Eleven is actually in there. I think he's going to play Thrawn. We'll see. But I don't know why you would name the place uh, for a land that hasn't been that hasn't gotten any screen time so far. There's one brief mention of it in. Uh, solo, a Star Wars story. And that's pretty much it for on-screen time for Batu. So the Imagineers had pretty much free access to do what they wanted uh, with this land. Um, the spires, uh, are, which are, are, are the major uh, focal point of the landscape, are these ginormous petrified trees um, the Imagineers said they based them actually on uh, the petrified forests. Uh, and as soon as you enter the land, uh, physically, you know, what you want to do is walk as if you're going to Pooh's Adventure, but you uh-huh. make a right uh, just before you get there and uh, go past the Hungry Bear. And uh, you, you wander down and it appears in front of you and the first thing that hit me was I was thinking Morocco, which actually uh, apparently they used the Imagineers traveled to and, and kind of based a feel of it on. And uh, the premise is that you're in this outpost on the edge of the galaxy. You remember that line in a new hope when three uh, PO asks Luke where they are. And he says, if there's a bright spot to the universe, you're on the planet farthest from it. It's like that. You're on the edge. And the the details in everything, every every little aspect, everywhere you look are just amazing. On the ground, you will see the tracks of various creatures or droids. At one point, uh, I'm walking in the footsteps of what's obviously a gonk droid. So, of course, I have to say gonk, gonk every time I step. That's That's just what you do. And, box uh, droids are my fucking favorite. Silly. If there's box droids, <laughs> I'm gonna run up and hug every single one of them, just so you know. Okay, right? go ahead. Right? <laughs> Love box droids. But you know, the cast member looks over me and, and you know, nods approvingly because that's what you do. And uh, there's tauntaun tracks and everything else. Um, one of my <laughs> favorite little details um, when you're at the drinking fountain, there's a big tank of water or some fluid over the, the drinking <laughs> fountain. And if you wait long enough, the the fluid goes down and there's a Dianaga in there. 
and it makes a growly <laughs> noise and everything else. Uh, for those of you who aren't full-on ah! geeks, the Dianaga is the trash compactor monster, if you will. Yes, it is, and with one little... big eyeball. Oh, yeah. And, of course, my Dianaga don't want none unless you got buns done. Um <laughs> It's it's genius. It's brilliant. Every You're gonna have to show it. me that um, when we go. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to see that. Oh, god. So All cool. Right. I, I, at this point, there's only the one ride open, and ah, uh, I I I know they were jamming people through. So uh, you know, and and on top of everything else, there's three there's three positions where pairs of two. Sit. So it's six people max on this ride at a time that we were told back in the day was going to be like a 20-minute ride, which is just ridiculous for an attraction. And actually, I think it turned out to be eight minutes. But apparently, uh, if you do everything right and your, your team gets a good enough score, because each, each section up front, you've got your pilots. In the back, you've got your engineers and uh, you're controlling the harpoon gun if you're in the middle and things like that and earning points. And you, you've got a score that can be good or bad, um, which, which is kind of fun because apparently if you're using the app on your phone, when you uh, go through the, the rest of the town, uh, cast members who can see your score will comment on, what a good job you did or how you really banged up the Falcon or whatever. So that's kind of cool and kind of fun. Yeah, cool. this, this uh, app thing is wild. You can get credits and, and you can trade them in for things and it sends you on missions and you can do all this weird shit with it. Uh, yep. People have been talking and raving about the new app um, and everyone's telling me about the millennial, it's millennium Falcon run or millennium run. Is that what, what, what is the name of the ride? Right now, that's open? Uh, it is Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run. Yeah, I knew something along those lines. They, yeah, yeah. Everyone's saying, don't Falcon worry about getting Smuggler's in the Run. queue. Just wait towards the end of the day, and the queue drops to a half an hour before close. Every, even even uh, this week, even though they hit capacity on yeah. Monday in their first tw- yesterday in their first 20 minutes, which is kind of incredible for its first day of non-reservations. <laughs> so... Hopefully that I have a question a and an answer. But it didn't stay like that. And at one point, the line for Smuggler's Run was as much as three hours. But, you know, um, if you've been over on the other side of the park, you know uh, the Cars Racers ride did that easy, if not better, when it first opened. So eh, it's not that big a thing. Um, so far, Disney has done it pretty good. Um, so, Raven, like you say, your this question? is the first week. I'm sorry. Um, well, I've been seeing the commercials about this part of the park all day long because of where I am, um, and I still don't understand if it's a physical ride or if it's virtual. It is a physical ride. Uh, it does have some pretty good CG to it, some pretty God bless it good CG. The um, audio animatronic figure of Hondo at the beginning and when you uh, first go in to go on the ride is amazing. I have never seen audio animatronic figure as good as this. And quite a few people were saying, 
at, at a certain point, you, you kind of have to give it another second or third look and spin a little. Is that really an actor? Or, no, it's not. That's that's an audiometric figure. Wow. And, um, the, the queue line is really nice. There's a lot to look around and see. And uh, the, the, I guess the best part for me was actually once we were aboard the Falcon, coming around the corner in, in the corridor, and it just it looked and it felt like I was like little twelve year old me <laughs> who Aww. was amazed by the first movie was in it, and it, it was it was kind of a, a, an emotional thing. Got over Clint, and then uh, as you yeah. go in, you sit down and you, you you can sit at the chessboard and have your picture taken, da da da. And then after a while, they take Aww. you in in teams of six. And uh, at this point, it's a pretty short ride, but apparently if you do everything right and da-da-da, you have an extra secret bonus thing that you can do. Uh, my guess is it has something to do with Minox, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Wow. That sounds interesting. Uh, I also know there's this whole light, light, like, like high-end build-your-own-lightsaber space oh, yeah. and People and and people say definitely use the reservation system for that. Matter of fact, a lot of people say get the reservation for that and the cantina, and then do one while you're waiting for the other. <laughs> you know, exactly. so uh, so um, yeah, so think... to finish this up because we could talk about this. We'll talk about this more because oh, uh, our next show, Aaron, is going to be the San Diego Comic Con show. So we're going to talk about more Woo-hoo! about Galaxy's Edge on that episode as well. The review was, I heard, and you can vouch for me, blue milk is best in the cantina. The green milk in the stand is better than both the blue and milks in both locations. That's what someone, that was the reviews I was getting. I've not yet done the green milk, so I can't tell you about that. The blue milk at the stand was pretty good, kind of like a, a smoothie, really. And uh, they finally got the collectible uh, jars or containers for it, which they didn't have when I was there. So apparently I'm going to have to go back. My other favorite little <laughs> thing that I you. got, um, no <laughs> doubt, uh, there's a, um, a popcorn vendor, Cat Saka's Kettle. And uh, the popcorn is... Uh, kind of sweet, a little peppery, and to my palate, reminded me of crunch berries on the sweet side. Uh, comes in a little paper bag. It's $7, I think, which is way too much, and it's $20 if you want it in a mouse robot, and I promise you, you want it in a mouse robot because it is <laughs> the coolest popcorn bucket of all fucking time. Uh, the wheels okay. roll and everything. So, you know, again, that you want to go there. Um, what Liz said is completely correct. Uh, you want to just first thing barrel for Oga's Cantina. And if you don't get in, get your reservation. Um, the way they're doing it right now is really nice. They will, uh, text you your on your cell phone. That's your pager. And that's the way to go. Um, the lightsaber is that's Savvy's workshop. And, uh, you do get to build your own custom lightsaber. But it's it's a whole show. It's 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 not just you know slap this part together with this. It's it's a whole experience. Uh, takes 25 minutes, I think, 
I haven't done it yet because it's two hundred dollars. Yeah. When I do it, if I do it, I'm I'm going to do it with cousin Liz because it's not something I'm going to be doing more than once. Oh um, my God! I'm already spending a grand plus on this trip to San Diego. Oh, you don't even want to know how much you're going <laughs> to drop. Not to mention, it's going to be what a four hundred dollar drop for all three of us to walk in the door at, Sa- at Disneyland that two morning. Bills, two bills <laughs> for a fucking lightsaber. And it's not even one of those combat sabers. I'm so uh, There are poor. people playing with them, knocking against them, and breaking them. I just bought um, myself it, a real, I got myself an ultra saber, you know, the unofficial awesome nice. gummies. And I have a pink one yeah. now. So I have a lightsaber recently. I don't know if I'm going to, but I'll watch you do it. Maybe that'll be my birthday present okay. too. I might help you pay for it. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. So. Um, yeah, yeah. So, just one thing I have to mention really quickly. Yeah. Um, there's an article in OC Register today, and I will put it on the Sexy Witches page because it, uh, it it's it's kind of the dark side, uh, but we have to discuss it. Uh, the lightsaber experience, uh, they had to change shit in there because people were literally pushing each other and knocking against each other trying to get the very rare black crystal. Uh, oh, the, I would fight the, the black crystal, crystal, crystal too. That's like one of my favorites. Yeah, well, the the black crystal is no longer available because people oh, were Also, um, in Docking Bay it. 7, food... Yeah, no, no, no longer there. Uh, in Docking Bay 7, food and cargo, where Natalie and I ate, uh, and I'll give you a review of the food some other time, uh, there were these really cool metal, futuristic, you know, Star Wars, futuristic, primitive sports. And those are gone now because people stole them and, and they're up on eBay. So oh. uh, there's yeah. lots of little, yeah, people sell. And this was from the yeah. reservation but, people, too. And those are usually yep. people that live yeah. nearby. So fuck them. Yeah. Um, anyway, the other thing, right. uh, if you're a... a, a Lothal cat fan like I am from uh, Star Wars Rebels, Bina's Creature Stall has uh, little loaf cats that you can take home, and they are fucking brushes. So, yeah, everywhere you turn, uh, you have to spend money because you'll want one of everything. Um, I did anyway. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, you always do. But that's beside the point. I've seen you shop at San Diego, and we're going to do preview (laughs) night together. I'm terrified. We're going to just, like, we're just going to pick up the entire uh, B section of the floor and just walk away with it. Make it rain. That's true. (laughs) Oh, the other thing I I have to mention, the other thing, um, John Williams wrote a special exclusive theme for the land. No it's way. a five-minute, beautiful little symphonic Ooh, suite. That's awesome. And uh, I can't recommend this enough. If you're lucky like I was to get uh, a spot, well, now you don't have to get a spot. It's just when you choose to go. But you got to see the place in the light, and you got to see it at night because it, it's just beautiful. Well, I, I want to see the fireworks display. I cannot not wait for that. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, so we'll talk more about that. Uh, but it sounds like I, I had a feeling it was going to be a positive review. I think it's pretty much Teflon at this point, um, you know, but um, uh, we got to move on. We got 10 more minutes and I was going to take a quick break. And then Aaron Marie and I are going to go ahead and go right into the previews. But I did want to mention real quick 
I did see Riverdale season three. I finished that up, which was odd. And it's it's a, it's a hit or miss season. Um, one of the creepiest things is that the last one of the last lines that Luke Perry says on the episode before he died, he goes, he goes, well, I'll be dead and buried. And I went, ah, like that. I know. Oh, oh my God! Oh, it was so that was his crazy. last line. Oh, oh, God. You know? oh why? So oh, I was like, why, God. why? You know, I, I did like how they fit Molly Reenwald in, and obviously reworked his scenes and made her the main um, fill-in. So shout out to Molly Reenwald and, for being the pitch hitter. Go ahead. And you know, at some point, because of his passing, I mean. You know, your dad's on a trip. Well, your dad's not coming back from that trip. He's going to die on that trip. Like, oh, it's going to be sad. But they, they did say they were going to incorporate it into the plot. I did not like any of the gargoyle, the the G&G uh, goblins and gargoyles, griffins and gargoyles. I thought it was not well executed. I thought it brought up old school stereotypes of how D and D nerds have uh, are on the edge of going crazy. I, I really didn't like, and I didn't think it had a really good payoff. Other than I was like, oh, okay. Um, I did like that they brought the Black Hood back into it. That was cool. I also thought that the 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 beeline with um. Archie, even though I'm not a huge boxing fan, I thought that stuff was more interesting. Him being put in jail, having to get out, and all that. That they should have stuck to that. <laughs> so, being it was just attacked by a bear. Being attacked by a bear was just bizarre. What the fuck? It had no bearing on the movie, no. TV show, whatever. It just gets attacked by a bear. I mean, the the show was all over the place. All over the place. Um, I, I'm once again, it did buy two songs from Nina and Sound of Thunder, so there's that. And we, you know, they, you know, make more seasons to buy more music, we're cool with that, yay. But Rivendell was weird. That being said, um, I've been willing to give it a shot at this point. I think Chilean, I, I'm going to be more devoted to Chilean Adventures of Sabrina. I really, really like the show, and I don't think the writing is kind of falling like this bit on this season, but it was all right. I'm not completely dissing on it, I did watch it all. And for me, that's actually a glowing review. Uh, last but not least, I saw the fourth ever concert for the Lonely Island. You know, Andy Samberg okay. and his uh, his mm-hmm. quote unquote fake rap group. They it was their fourth performance on stage ever. Not just like you know, like four no fourth ever. They've done single songs, but they've never done full sets before. Show, I'll give the show a B plus. There were moments mm. in the show that were fantastic, um, and and you can see that they're getting it. I think I have a feeling the MSG show, which was like two shows from ours, is gonna be was gonna be off the chain. Like I'm sure that the New York show was just gonna be like the best, and they'd probably have their shit together. But you know, I'll give them a pass. They're new; they've never performed like this before in their life. Um, they incorporated puppets when Justin Timberlake wasn't there, and that was cool. And there was obviously a lot of lights and stuff. The best part, though, was the audience. Watching the audience watch them was actually my favorite part of the show. The uh, reason why I played I Just Had Sex at the top of the, of the, of the hour was because of just – 
It was amazing to hear 5,000 voices singing that together, guys and girls, and the hands swinging back and forth and just screaming <laughs> it. And it was just one of the most glorious moments I had seen in a, move, in a, in a concert in a long time. And so uh, that was cool. It was really more like an hour. It was short, too, by the way. It was like an hour, 15 minutes on the dot. Started at 9, boom, done. At, 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 or no, start, yeah, started at 9 on the dot, not counting opener. Their set started at 9 and ended at like 10.15. It was over. <laughs> really, really short. And it was like a, more of a medley than actually them doing their entire songs. They only did two or three songs in their entirety, the whole thing. They just kept going. like They do like a two-thirds of a song, and then they bleed over into another one. They did some surprises. They did stuff that I wouldn't expect them to do. Ross Trent from the first record, which is actually a really awesome fake reggae song. Um, you know, uh, no surprise guests. I was hoping for maybe Parnes, but he wasn't there. He was on the match game or something. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but it was still fun. And I love those guys and I love Andy Samberg. And I think that if they keep, they keep touring, they're going to get better. So that's my review of Lonely hmm. Island. I just wish it, it, it needed a, some kind of oomph, which I'm not sure what it is. We'll figure out. But I bet you they'll figure it out. So, I mean, those guys are really funny. And I bought a shirt that says, uh, happy birthday ones, right? to the ground. Yeah, it was number four. Number four on the tour. Okay. So, um, they were going to do Philly right after us. And then they were doing Madison Square Garden after that. So, uh, yeah, wow. it was going to be pretty big big show coming up so i wonder how they're doing and it's a really short tour they're only doing east coast dates so um uh you know they're not doing any west coast dates which is too bad for you guys because i would actually recommend going sam so yeah now, I, I know we have... they, if they play the west coast i would go oh you should absolutely i i want to support these guys and i want them to tour as much as possible i i love lonely island i musical comedy anyways like tenacious d i've seen them last year you know i've seen them three four times now uh lonely island and they might be giants and you know i love i love stuff like that so you know it's it's a lot of fun um so we are going to take a break aaron marie um i'm gonna play a little bit of music and then I'm going to say goodnight to Aaron Kogan because he is free for the night because he has to go do some studying. Do you, he's got San Diego Comic-Con studying to do. And believe me, there's a lot of studying yep. to do. But before we go, and before I do this, I need to know, and I'm going to duck, review the FP2 Beats of Rage. Go. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Why you got to do a person like that? I had absolutely no libations whatsoever, so I was too sober to enjoy it. I dozed off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll get you. Um, but, yeah, and plus I had just taken a muscle relaxer, so that wasn't the greatest. But, um yeah, I, I mean, I caught every Liz moment, and I've watched those like fifty times over. So I'm like, oh my god, she gets a lot of screen time. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Liz. I am all Thanks, over Liz. that bitch. Oh my god, I am everywhere. Aren't I everywhere? I am everywhere. Yes, you are. everywhere. It, it was a really fun <laughs> game of Where's Liz. <laughs> um. All right, Raven. How about you? What did you think of it? 
So Erin Marie well, is taking oh, a – she's technically abstaining until she gets the three-beer minimum in her. So, <laughs> Which is fair. I wouldn't hold that against anybody, especially for this kind of film. Oh, you should watch it over and over and over again on Prime, okay? Just remember, watch it over. Even if you're not watching it, just turn it on and we'll leave the room. Make it play. <laughs> watch it over and over. Okay, go ahead, Raven. So I watch everything with closed captions, and uh, I have to say that the closed captions on this film are some of the most entertaining, no, the most entertaining captions I've ever read in a movie. Um, And there's every once in a while, there might be a typo, and I don't care, because (laughs) they say stuff like soul-sucking sound, uh, which, what does that sound like? Uh, It sounds like... A vacuum sucking on a wet watermelon, maybe. (laughs) They're not going to put that. Soul sucking sound is what it is. Um, And uh, they kind of, they kind of outshone the actual movie in places. But it's like a secret uh, if you, you know, unless you already watch with captions or you need to watch with captions. I'm telling you, turn on the captions because that makes everything more enjoyable. But, um, it's still really fun. There's like that, that warrior's vibe to it. Um, and then break into electric boogaloo, like came all over it. And then you have this movie. <laughs> and, and Conan, a heavy, well, heavy Conan, the barbarian thrown in for good measure. Sure. Uh, it's, of course, and, right. and, and, and there's also uh John Carpenter shout outs in there. I mean, there's a lot going on. It's a nineties, lots of nineties, mortal combat bullshit. Uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. yeah if you ever stayed up late watching midnight movies, then you'll appreciate this movie for sure. Yeah, it's not for everyone. You're gonna like it, or you're gonna not like it. But my favorite of the parentheses and the captions it says "dope exit music." Yes, I love wow. that. Like, that was okay. my favorite part. All the descriptions for music when there was nothing else going on, the description for music captions were fucking hysterical. I, it, you know, and I, I listen to that soundtrack almost every day. It's in my CD player, and it plays on loop in my car right now. So, uh, oh, you know, man, we, that's a good idea. I'm gonna put yeah. that on to clean the house. Like that would be good chore music. It's good jogging music. Like if you want to pump yourself up, Rocky style. Like I'm into yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good idea. All right, so. We're going to say, Aaron, I want you to get drunk and come back and read it. Or when you come up here, we'll watch it again. Okay? And mm-hmm. then, Aaron, Aaron you, you need to watch it. You drink every time you see Liz on the screen. Oh, that'd be at least eight <laughs> times. My God. You'd be like, great really drunk. Game. Double shot if I die. Game. Double shot if you know <laughs> yes. which shot. Um, they were um, the Fedora look, by the way. You know how when you're in, and Raven knows this, when you're backstage and you're acting, people start getting weird nicknames based on their characters. Oh, yeah. um, mine was Carmen San Diego because <laughs> of the hat. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So I know exactly. It has a trench coat. Now I'll go back and look at it. So, anyway, I'm going to take a break, a one-minute break, a very short break, and then Aaron Marie and I are going to talk about Days of the Dead, Indianapolis, and then at 10.30, Vanessa will call in. Thank you, Eric Hogan. We will talk to you in uh, – what day is that? Well, I have no idea. What day is the next, our next show? Because that's when you're on with me. Uh, the 9th, Tuesday, July 9th. 
we will be mm, talking. Okay. We, uh, Aaron Marie and I will be recapping Days of the Dead, and then we got a. We're gonna close it out with a full preview of the panels of San Diego Kung Con 50th Girl. anniversary. So anyway, good night, sir. See you soon. Good night. Much love. Good night. All right. He's going to hang up. I'm going to blast some music, and we'll be right back in 1 and 13. Brooklyn Ewing, who um, did uh, 
what was it was a oh my god i'm blanking on her movie it was that all uh, uh that uh movie about the it's a it's a it's a horribly icky movie about christmas christmas horror with jared larue in it do you know which one remember it is all pretty men uh hold on why don't you give a list i'm gonna look this up Aaron Marie, why don't you go over the list of the of the main guests while I figure out which movie I'm trying to talk about, okay? Okay. Well, um, my okay. biggest one is, is well, Sam Jones. Like, that's the one I'm most excited to meet so because cool. Flash Gordon is absolutely my favorite uh, movie to watch when I'm inebriated. That is, like, full of color <laughs> and just cheesy fun. Plus, Timothy Dalton is hot. Anyway... <laughs> oh, super hot in that um, film. Well, the first run, he was probably one of the hottest things I had ever seen. And I was young. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So, you know, obviously there's bigger headlines than Sam Jones. Would there, William Shatner is going to be there. Yeah, um, Bill. I have, seen, I have seen William Shatner before, but I've never actually interacted with him, so I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, Pamela Anderson. Um, Edward Furlong. Uh, oh wow! Let's see, oh my gosh! Yeah, I wondered what Kathleen he was up to. Turner, I think be there. I I gotta check. Yep, Kathleen um, Turner is there yeah. for sure. I'm right about that. Sweet, because like some of these people are ones that I've never met before. You know, so and that's kind of hard after going to seven, eight years worth of conventions to to run into people you still haven't met. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, yeah, I haven't I met Pam Anderson. Um, I wish I knew what panels were going on. Unfortunately, I don't. And, of course, we've got, like, standard favorites, like um, Bill Mosley and Kane Hodder. And, oh, I still haven't met Dennis Christopher. That's a good one. He played Eddie in the original uh, miniseries It. Um, oh, nice. So I've I'm never met Eddie Furlong. I'm pretty happy about that because I really like Eddie Furlong. So yeah, uh, me to meet him. Um, and Roger L. Jackson, oh. which you might not know his name, but he does the voice of Mojo Jojo on a Powderpuff <gasps> Girls. And I love Mojo Jojo. I have a Bubbles tattoo, dude. I love the Powderpuff Girls, too. <laughs> And, you know, yeah. there's another really hot property out there right now, which is Terrifier. And I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I watched it over the last um, Madness, and I loved Terrifier. I thought it was fantastic. So Damon Leone, who plays the art, the clown, is going to be there as well. Um, Nick Stahl. Oh, my God. I'm actually really excited about that because fucking Carnival was one of my favorite HBO shows that got canceled right. way too early. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, that show was awesome. It oh, and was. Car- it was Carrie so Hens, who played Newt in Aliens. i so excited oh, to meet mostly. her. Oh, oh my, God. my God. That's so exciting. Yeah, dude is. I'm so and Emily Perkins from Ginger Snaps is also going to be there, which is awesome. Oh man, Um, Sergeant Slaughter. If you want to talk about an old school wrestler, you got and Dustin Rhodes. Both of them are going to be there. Um, So the lineup is good. How are you going to choose? 
This is already like Sophie's choice for me. I don't know how you guys are going to do it. There's so many people. You know, it's too bad. And, of course, Emily Perkins from Ginger Snaps as well. Yeah, that's what I said. My God. I mean, she's so cool. Like, you know, Catherine Isabel is pretty, you know, you see her quite a bit, but you don't get Emily Perkins very often. So that's kind of neat to see. Now, someone who almost inappropriately touched me once in a convention is going to be there. Not that I really mind it, and maybe he'll do it again. Uh, Michael Bean is going to be there. I've, I've been at three oh, conventions yeah. that he's been at, and uh, I, I've, I've always been a fan. And he touched me in the lower back in a place, not, not, not in a naughty, you know, no-no place, but in a place that's you when you're flirting with someone. And then he was doing it to all the girls to make them smile. Uh, you know, this little bit I didn't really mind that much, but I wonder. Anyway, <laughs> that was at that was at Blood at the Beach, by the way. Uh, Aaron Marie, where he touched me almost inappropriately. The so, first one. Yeah. So I'm really of all the people when it comes to the actresses is Kathleen Turner. Uh, Serial Mom is one of my favorite movies, and Kathleen yeah. and Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone Romancing is just classic. The Jewel of the Nile. I grew up on those. Like, I remember watching those when I was really young. I am really surprised more people haven't watched Romancing the Stone. You don't see it come up very often. And Romancing the Stone is a solid comedy from beginning to end. And it's got a lot of great action sequences, a huge car chase in the middle of the whole thing, and a real fucking alligator. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it, I, I, I think more people should see that movie. So maybe she'll talk about it because, you know, it's got a good cast, too. I mean, come on. It's great. So, yeah. uh, you know. You know who course, I would really love to see at a convention? Who? I would love to see Dennis Quaid because he's making a resurgence, and a lot of it's in the horror genre. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Dennis Quaid. The one that I keep missing and I see pictures of that I'd really like to meet would be Tom Atkins. I really would like to meet Tom Atkins, and I've yet to be in a convention where he's been at that, so I can't even go to his panel, because I won't always get their photo or autograph, but I will, as Mary Marie goes, I'll go to panels. I'll go to a lot of panels, so. um, but we don't know what the yeah, panels well, are on the main track. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll go to a lot of panels, plus I'll go up and just talk to them. If I see nobody else is there, I'll... You know, I'm I'm sorry. I just wanted to say blah 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 blah. Whatever it is. Yeah. So, so yeah, I get a lot of interaction, which I love. I don't even know what vendors are. They haven't even given us a vendors list. I don't think this yet at Days of the Dead. Um, I know that Vinegar Syndrome is there. I even think it might be James who's up there. Uh, so that'll be nice to see him. And uh, I, I think there's, you know, and the, the usual Atomic Cotton's going to be there, um, which is my segment into the one set of panels we do know is the independent film track, which is the track that I usually help with anyway. So we do have an announcement with that. And uh, they, in the, they just did a show in Vegas, um, Raven. That's the closest day of uh-huh. the dead to you now. Um, and uh, I think there used to be one in Los Angeles too, but I think they put that one on hold. So uh, they've changed it from Code Blue since Nathan had to have surgery and he couldn't do it this year to This is the Dead House of Independent Horror, and this is and in the Annapolis 
list. And so Friday and Saturday, there's only two things. At 6, there's just a VHS tape swap. I have all these extra um, Friday the 13th VHS tapes. Maybe I should give them away um, and get some other ones back. Um, and then um, and then there's going to be a good uh, film distribution Q&A with Bobby Easley. Uh, Bobby Easley, for people that don't know, he's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, Bobby Easley is a film director. He did this uh, uh, kind of like Hatfield's McCoy cannibal movie called Belly Timber a couple of years ago. Um, he did this, and I've had him on the show talking about stop animation because he did with Kane Hodder and Bill Mosley. Uh, um, Dog Days, it, 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 it's a stop animation movie with soldiers. It's actually really cool. It, it long. I mean, oh my God, it's so long for what it is. Uh, but yeah, so he's going to be a really good person to listen to. So Bobby easily gets his own panel on Friday. So that'll be nice to see him again. And I don't know if you've noticed Aaron Ray, he's a little bit on the hot side. Aaron? He's just. Most assuredly, yeah. <laughs> no, I had it muted. <laughs> uh, oh. Definitely, I agree with you. Okay, I mean, I'm not the only one that said this. That's why I'm saying it. But yeah, and he, he's he's all right. I I like Bobby. He's 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 pleasant on the eyes. He's smart. He's intelligent, and he's always doing something. Um, I was watching somebody else's movie and I knew he was helping with it and it had a strip club in it. And I go, Oh, I bet you Bobby's in this shot somewhere. And they pan down. Sure enough, he's at the bar throwing money at strippers. And I'm like, Oh, there he is. So, you know, it was pretty funny. <laughs> he, he's all of, he, he works behind the cam, um, camera, like everybody else in Georgia doing awesome things. Uh, so on Saturday we have, uh, I don't even, uh, there's power bomb panel. I think it's a movie. Meet the cast and crew. So we get a film. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, the Dead would not be Days of the Dead without an independent filmmakers panel. And it actually used to be on the main stage, but then they decided to create its own tract with it being the centerpiece in the afternoon. Um, for a while, they were doing it back-to-back with the women of independent horror films. But they're not doing a women's panel this year. They are doing an acting panel instead. So we got a lot of interesting people um, so the independent film panel, um, I can't ever read what this, uh, Brooklyn Ewan's actually, who's, by the way, she's the one that's been helping and her movie is, she's, well, I couldn't remember her name, the name of it. It's called, she's so pretty. And she's done two of them. They're Christmas horror movies. Um, and one of uh, the, the sequel was, uh, she, I saw at the last days of it, I was at, uh, she was so pretty, be good for goodness sake. And, you know, their, their home invasion, kidnapping, all that kind of fun stuff for Christmas. Uh, so, so we get film acting makers and then actors. And then at four o'clock, we're going to have Marcus Koch, who is a, uh, uh, you know, a pretty good makeup artist himself. He does all the wonderful squid work low budget he's doing a four and what they're giving an hour and a half too to do a a, do a a fx tutorial so i'm probably going to crash the fx tutorial for sure and then um let's see then we have another making movies q a in the evening at 5 30 okay then sunday uh once again we have another movie death Cower panel uh so we have two movies on the independent film track i said there is a separate film festival usually but we don't have it yet um and then it's and then we have um my panel at one o'clock on sunday 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 one o'clock on sunday we have the uh moderated by me we have the horror artist panel 
And so I'm going to be moderating some of the people that do vending or create t-shirts and stuff for, um, for, for horror conventions, including Erica Kaufman of Atomic Cotton, who I have a wonderful, I love Atomic Cotton. I buy from them all the time. Erin uh, Marie, my get out shirt. Isn't it one of the coolest shirts I own? Yes, I, I love that one as well as the Hazent Horizon one. Yeah, I like them both. Uh, and Rift Horizon was actually designed by Chris Garofalo of Quilt Face, but they license out the image, and the only way you can get it is through Cotton. Uh, but uh, the Get Out image, I'm gonna actually—I decided I'm gonna wear that shirt to the panel. I just love that shirt so much. I, I, um, I still, I still really want the Atomic Cotton the stuff shirt. <laughs> uh, every time I see it, or or uh, the Martyrs one. My stuff shirt I've worn out. I might have to buy a new one because uh, <laughs> I had a stuff. As you know, I have street trash shirts from Pizza Powder Printing, and I bought a backup. I have a backup, an unopened backup in case my good one always dies. Um, same with my stuff shirt. I died. It's that the, the the logo. I, I I didn't wash. It's my fault. I didn't wash it properly. So, so. anyway. Um, and last but not least, the one thing I will say about Days of the Dead Indianapolis, it does end early. It ends at 3 o'clock. Um, the last panel of the day is at 2, and it's a horror trivia. And I, just in case they need it, I brought my video Nasty's trivia with me. So, But they probably oh. won't need it. Um, Jerry LaRue, who works with Brooklyn once again, she's doing the horror trivia. Even if I wasn't helping with it, I'd probably actually participate. Uh, Queenie the old co-host and myself, we were on a team in Krypton, Seattle this year, and uh, we won. And I gave the uh, I gave the couple the trophy. It had a real trophy with the trophy away, but because I'm 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 a benevolent overlord. So um, so that's it for the panels on that on on the uh, on the new House of Horror independent horror track. So that's pretty awesome. I wish I had more preview, Erin Marie, but that's all I have because the other things haven't been posted. I can't tell you how much photo ops are. I can tell you who's doing photo ops. Um, uh, you got Pam Anderson. She's doing a photo op, I believe, right? Who's doing all the photo ops? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Let's see. I don't even, let's say photo ops. Okay. Well, I, I would venture have. to guess that Shatner is definitely going to be doing photo ops, and of course, I oh, think no, Kane yeah. Hodder is doing in uh, Kane Hodder is doing an in costume photo op, I believe. Uh, yeah. So yeah, with C.J. Graham, actually, they're doing it as a back to back. All right, here I found them. Okay, uh, Bill Shatner is doing two, one on Friday and one on Saturday, eighty-five bucks, which is as much as I paid for his um, signature that time. Um, so uh, Adam Ferrazzi from It, he has the four, he has three panels, I mean three photo apps. Brandon Crane has three. Um, C.J. Graham Saturday only in costume. Dennis Christopher has one, uh, one, two, three. Dustin Rhodes has three. Eddie Furlong has three. Emily Perkins has three. Jason Duo in costume, which is C.J. Graham and Kane Hodder, is Saturday only, and that is 135 bucks. So be prepared for that. Kane Hodder is also doing a solo photo op on his own. That is $80, which I think is the most anybody has ever spent in their life for Kane Hodder. But you know what? He'll get it. Um, <laughs> but it, it always amazes me. Like, it doesn't matter how many times Kane Hodder does 
a convention. Where is Kane Hodder? He always has a line. Always. And yet he's he's barely at his table. He'll be at his table and he'll be at another table and he'll, but nobody gets missed. It, he's like the con master at this point. He is the guru I, of the of the convention. Go ahead. I saw Kane Hodder's prices for Monster Mania. I don't know what he's charging yet for Days of the Dead, but I'm actually like as much as I love the man, because I do, I've had so many great personal interactions. He's given me so many things. Uh, we've, but his prices have gone up to the almost ridiculous level. Whereas well, but he's Bradley, it. Go ahead. Yeah, but Doug Bradley is still just 30. You know, you can tell which ones are a little more fan-friendly and don't want to fleece people. <laughs> Um, you know, but it's nice also to see him, like, you know, get this famous and maybe someday he'll get acknowledged for stunt coordinating, which is what he really, you know, we should be giving him love for. Um, Kathleen Turner, by the way, she has two photo ops, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. Um, the guy who played Godzilla, he's got three. Kurt Angle has one on Saturday only. I bet you that one's going to be long too. The wrestler Michael Bean has three. Nick Stahl has three, so that's cool. Right. And then and then Sam Jones has three. Sergeant Slaughter has three. The terrifying, um, terrifying op Friday only. So Terrifier has one op in costume. By the way, Art actually dresses up. So oh. Art the clown. So and. That's $90. Oh, I was getting ready to say, you know, Sam Jones is the only one I'd really want, but then you said that, and I'm like, ooh, that, that's tempting. Yeah, and then we got Aliens groups. We have, uh, which is Michael Bean, uh, Hen, and Ross together, and they're 120 for the group photo. There's a Devil Rejects with Sam and, and Bose, which is 110, and we know that's always a, a quality one. Uh, it the it um it has got three for the kids Crane Perkins and Farazi, and of course Felicia Rose has Felicia Rose has a uh, a duo with Sleepaway Camp with Angela and Meg for three on uh, all three days, and then Bean and Furlong is doing oh my God Bean and Furlong guess how many uh, photo ops they're doing together as a duo uh two six. Whoa! Sick. <laughs> Sick! Wow! Um, it, one uh, hundred and ten for Bean and Furlong, and they're doing that Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Bean Furlong and Stall, Nick Stall, is a hundred and forty, and they're doing their Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. So, <laughs> photo ops are kind of interesting this year. So. That's it. I'm done. Well, My preview is finished. Go ahead. Have you seen Have you seen the new trailer for the the new Terminator movie that's getting ready to come out? Um, no, I have not. <laughs> well, speaking of being in for, furlong is what made it come to mind because I just got finished telling my kids about the Terminator movies. I was like, you know, one and two were fantastic. Each one was revolutionary for their time. Um, but the others have kind of fell flat. But this one I'm actually really fucking excited for. 
The trailer looks incredible. Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger are back. But not only that, so is James Cameron. Yeah, so, uh, you know, a lot of excitement to be had out there for sure. Um, So I'm looking forward to everything. I want to thank Brooklyn and the organizers of Days of the Indianapolis for inviting me back to moderate again. It was a nice honor. I'm going to miss you, Nathan. Wish you were there. But I'm sure I will see Nathan sooner than later. So thank you, Aaron. That was a lovely um, uh, preview. Now, do you want to stay on for our next guest or do you want to move on and we will talk um, in two weeks? Well, we'll see. We'll talk in a week, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will see you on Sunday. <laughs> see you on Sunday, 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 which, by the way, I'm going, the Folk Life Festival is only one weekend this year, this coming weekend, but the headliner on Sunday is Grandmaster Flash, so who just won the first Nobel Prize for music for a DJ this week. So, oh, awesome. wow. Yeah, so, uh, so... Yeah, so I'm going to go see Grandmaster Flash and pick Aaron Marie up from my friend's house. So, Aaron Marie, I'll see you in a week. And we'll have some dope exit music. We will have some dope exit <laughs> music. Good night. I'll see you soon, my dear. Bye. Night. Good night. Bye, Aaron Marie. Bye, Aaron. So that was Aaron Marie taking her break. And then we're going to bring on my next guest. We're going to bring her right on as we were speaking. It is now almost 10.30, and as people know... Um, I do or may not know I have a horror movie contest Every October I've been doing now For 12 years It's called the Halloween Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness A.K.A. The Madness for short So hashtag The Madness You should be able to find it um, And this year's theme Is of the, of the King of the Masters Which we are going to concentrate on Stephen King, Clive Barker, and Mick Garris And it's going to be a lot of fun That's why when he mentioned Mick Garris He's going to go see them I'm like, oh my god, I can actually slip him his note I stalked, it worked for Jennifer Aspinall, Raven I, we, got, we stalked well, her successfully go. Maybe it'll work for Mick Because he's a really nice guy So What could possibly go wrong? Oh, well, exactly. I'll get a restraining order against Mick uh, McGarris, oh yeah, it'll be all right. So, I, I, as you know, uh, Raven, I had a shitty week that and that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's all good. Anyway, so we are in our summer of Stephen series, which means that we're going to talk about Stephen King most of the summer, except for next week. Next week, next episode, uh, next two weeks. The next episode is strictly going to be conventions, but this one we're going to talk about summer Stephen. And with me on the line is my. Uh, associate from Days of the Dead. We have actually done panels together, and she's a filmmaker. She helps run festivals in Atlanta for the women of independent horror, and is on tonight because she is also a Stephen King scholar. Baby, what is that? Let's find out. Please welcome to the show Vessa, Vanessa Ionta Wright. Welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Welcome back. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, Millie's always, always. How has it been? We haven't talked since the summer, actually. I know it's been a it's been a minute. Um, things are good, yeah. Busy. Um, apparently, I have my nighttime voice right now, so I apologize. I'm <laughs> getting here myself cracking. <laughs> I think it's all have... true. Go with it. <laughs> oh, nice. Fine. Oh. Yes, we'll use it. <laughs> 
And by the way, Vanessa, this is my new one of my new co-hosts this year. Her name is Raven Dasper-Hawk. She's in Los Angeles. Uh, she's a hardcore theater geek as well as a Stephen King nerd, so you guys will get along just fine. Love Howdy. It. Hi. So, great. Um, so, thank you for coming on the show, Vanessa. And uh, first of all, I, I mean, we know, we're going to talk about the recent stuff, too, but we're going to start with your film in 2017, Rainy Season, which was in some ways kind of a breakthrough for you. And, um, yeah. you know, and so uh, for a while, there was this program that Stephen King had in the 80s called the, Billion, the, the Dollar Baby Series. And he kind of dropped mm-hmm. it for a while, but then he started doing it again. And you happen to be one of the earlier, I know, that have actually got a go-ahead. So can you tell our listeners out there and Raven what the Dollar Baby is and about your film and, and what the process is like? Because I'm sure there's a lot of upcoming filmmakers that are very interested in this. Oh, yeah. I It's so cool. I mean, as if I needed another reason to love Stephen King. I love that he does this. Um, I actually found out about it through a friend on Facebook um, from a film festival. And they had mentioned that he will release um, some of his short stories that have not been commercially produced uh, for aspiring filmmakers to adapt and make a film. So, of course, immediately I'm Googling. I had to look into it for myself. And there it is on his website and a list of all the available stories. Uh, And I kind of read through them and I recognized almost all of them but there were a couple that were still kind of obscure to me rainy season being one of them so um I read it fell in love was like this is my story I have to do it so I applied and you know waited patiently biting my nails And uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks went by and they had accepted and I received a contract in the mail, signed it, and I mailed him a dollar. And then I went off and made my movie. So I, are you allowed to explain what is in one of these contracts? Yeah. I mean, they're very basic. So you're basic, you, you get the non-exclusive rights um, to the story. So you can adapt it. You can film it. And it can only be used for film festivals. It cannot be distributed. You cannot profit from it. Um, You can't even, you know, a lot of people with, like, crowdfunding campaigns that they always want to, like, give a copy of the film. You can't do that. Uh, It cannot be online anywhere. So they're very um, strict with what it's able to do. But you are able to submit it and it can screen at festivals. And I think it's a great way if, you know, if you've not really done anything yet to kind of get your name out there because it does not hurt to have your name attached to him in some way. (laughs) Especially for a dollar. Yeah. That is the best dollar I've ever spent. (laughs) It's an amazing opportunity. And I'm really glad he started the program up again. And, you know, he's kind of hot right now. So this is like, you know, strike, strike oh, yeah. now, <laughs> you know, write to him. He'll do it. I mean, he, he's all over the map. He's on Twitter. He's on Fangango. Uh, he's on, uh, he's everywhere. And so, uh, so uh, I'm going to actually 
this over to Raven because uh, I made her act- uh, she's actually reread Short for Rainy Season right before air. Uh, so ah. uh, she wanted to talk to you about the story itself. If you wanted to talk a little bit yeah. about your movie, go ahead, Raven. Well. First of all, it took me about a half hour to dig out Nightmares and Dreamscape, so I did not finish rereading this short story, <laughs> but, but I got, you know, uh, the old memory centers tried to spark up a little bit, so Absolutely. I think I know. I think I remember. We but, um, thank you. Um, well, one thing, actually, before I even go into that part, when I was on the um, IMDb for your page, I noticed there's one bit of trivia and the only trivia item says that the house that was used in filming was originally going to be used for Lawless with Shia LaBeouf. Yes, it actually was used in that film. It was used. Um, okay, I was yes. ask you about that and and how you think, like, did you put that on IMDb or did someone else, like, I don't know, I just thought it was really amusing. with you. I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> if I did that or if someone else did that. Um, but I was really kind of excited about that because it was a very difficult location to try to find. I was looking for the perfect house. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful location. Oh, we went all over Georgia. We went up to North Georgia. We went. I mean, I scoured the state for this house. And a friend of mine was like, oh, you should use the Lawless House. And I was like, what is the Lawless House? And um, someone had told me that Lawless, I think, shot in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And they came out to this property out in Harrelson, Georgia, which is not too far from me. And they built the house for the, I don't know, it was kind of like a, if if, if you saw the film Lawless, um, I don't know, it was kind of, like a boarding house saloon type of situation. Okay, yeah. Um, and it's on, a, I don't even know how many acres, but literally middle of nowhere, gated property. And after the film wrapped, the owner of the property was like, don't tear that down. You know, it's cool. I want to keep it. And yeah, I checked it out. I was like, oh, this is it. This is, this is where it's going to happen. The rain storm oh, is coming. <laughs> That's awesome. It looks so beautiful. And uh, one thing I did notice when I was going over the short story again is that you very cleverly used very few people in order to tell this story, whereas in the short story, you got to run into a whole bunch of villagers who tell you to stay the hell out, which um, inevitably costs more money per actor, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I really, I really did appreciate um, you know, you were pretty clever in that way as far as uh, adapting. And adaptation is kind of like what we've been focused on lately. And and it, I don't know, it just meant a lot to me that you did that without sacrificing the creepiness of the story. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That's, it's a really tough story to translate to the screen. Um I think there's a lot of internalization in it, and my gosh, the frogs, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, how? Um, so I really, this was this was the first time I directed, so I really challenged myself with this one. Um, I cannot believe that. 
Yeah. This is I the mean, first thing I you've directed? Mm-hmm. Like, legitimately, yes. I mean, I, oh I my did gosh. fun, silly stuff, you know, trying she, to get... She's the, the horror directing equivalent. Theater. Yeah, she's the horror equivalent of Stan Lee. Because her breakout oh, film started I'm in the midpoint you. of her life, and and it's yeah, I, going I up. Shirts. That's the no. most amazing thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> do it, do it. Um, yeah, I've been directing theater for over 20 years. I know that's different than movies, but there's no way I would have guessed that was even one of your first 10 movies. It's really polished. I, well, thank you. I work with amazing people. I mean, it really is a team effort. I could not have pulled that off without yeah, wow. the giant team that was behind me and rooting for me the whole way. I mean, it was a big year for me. I was turning 40. I was like, I'm, I'm, I want to direct a film. I have to do this. And I really, I really wanted my first film to be a Stephen King story. So it, it's, it was just a perfect storm, literally. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's funny because Paula, you know, I I didn't I I forgot rainy store rainy season because I've read Nightmare and Dreamscape, but I totally forgot yeah. about rainy season the first time I saw it. And then we talked, and you're like, oh yeah, it's spoiler, you know, it's in frogs. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then I watched it again tonight, and I'm like, oh my god, it totally is. Why did I miss that the first time? Your sound mix. I mean, it's in your sound yeah. mix. I, I, yeah. I'm like an idiot, so I apologize. Which I also love. Oh yeah, your sound mix is great, by the way. And I'm serious. Yeah. I, I I I will forgive bad cinematography, not so much in bad sound. I cannot stand bad sound in low budget film. Uh, you know, oh, I give no, them a pass if it's one this. mic, but you have to be clear. No wind, <laughs> unless you want yeah. it there. Uh, you know. Yeah, we so. had an amazing between our like production sound mixer to the post sound team. I mean, these guys and gals like knocked it out of the park yeah, it was awesome and you've been how many films now have you made since rainy season um just i've done three shorts um i did i baked him a cake kind mm-hmm. of simultaneously with rainy season because i'm insane um and then off of those two, once we launched the festival, I actually met the Soska twins, and they had invited me to be part of their 2018 uh, blood drive. So yeah, I got she was the first direct. one. First one, Raven. Nice. She was the yeah. very first one. It was pretty cool. And hers is more of a superhero-y thing. So I, yes, I knew I three. Kind of went very literal with their theme. They were like, be a hero, be bloody. And I was like, hmm, heroes, Okay. Like I love epic superhero stuff, so let's do one of those. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, do you have do you have anything coming up the pipe right now? Um, I am actually I'm pretty excited. Uh, this is not my film, but I'm actually getting ready to go out to New Mexico um, in July to help out Deborah Voorhees and her film Thirteen Fanboy, which I am thrilled to be working on. That's right. Um, I know a couple yes. people helping. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I think it is going to be a blast. I'm so excited to see what she does with this. I think it's going to be such a cool, cool film. 
Yeah, I, I, the and buzz then, on on that is so good right now, and I know who's working on it. And I'm like, oh, my friends yes. and acquaintances are working on it. This is so exciting. Well, <laughs> and honestly, to just, like, be able to be in the same room with, like, all of the stars from the films that, like, I grew up watching, I just think is going to be so surreal and amazing. Yeah, I'm very, very happy for you there. Uh, And uh, so let's go back to Stephen King adaptations real quick. Yeah. First of all, give me your favorite Stephen King novel or short that's not that you, you, and what's your favorite adaptation and what was an adaptation you would like to do if budget was not an issue? Oh, gosh. So, I mean, this is, I'm sitting here literally staring at a giant wall of Stephen King books because how do you pick one? Um, <laughs> I feel like know. Sophie's like, choice if she had 1,200 kids. It is. I can't pick one, but I'll I'll tell you ones that I really love. So uh, as far as my favorite adaptation, I really I'm going to go with Misery. Um, I think they nailed it, and I adore Kathy Bates, and I can't imagine anyone She's else great. playing. Annie Wilkes. Um, and actually, it's funny. I So I am a, I'm a constant reader, and I never read the Mr. Mercedes trilogy, so I'm actually on the third one of that right now. I'm, like, about halfway through, and I'm um, really enjoying that because it's very, I don't know, it's more like a fun kind of crime thriller than horror. Um I don't, I don't know. I mean, I love all the kind of the classics, Carrie, The Shining. Um, this is too hard. <laughs> too hard. <of> <laughs> well, what, what's an adaptation? If, if you could pick one off the shelf what, and, and, and Stephen Skin goes, hey, for $10, you can do one of my bigger pieces. What would you like to do? I'll be honest. I would love to turn rainy season into a feature. I think you should. Oh, nice. Honestly, and I, I I've been I've been really wanting you to do that. To go with it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it could. There's enough meat there that you could really expand and delve yeah. into the background of this town and and all of the good creepy stuff. So yeah, that that's one I would just love to think. I I, I would love you to be able to find the right effects guys to do your, your short into a feature properly. Cause I think there's, yeah, yeah, there's so much that you just touch on that you could totally expand on. And I actually We've really love, <laughs> we got to get some real frogs, real frogs, you know, but you know what? Your frogs are just as valid as that silly movie from the seventies frogs. As a matter of fact, I liked your movie more. So <laughs> better than frogs. <laughs> yeah, it's better than I frogs. forgot about frogs until you said that. Wow, that's oh, a fine quality. Really, so. There really the isn't any frogs and frogs. frogs. <laughs> there, there isn't any frogs and frogs till the end of the movie either. So yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> so, um, are you looking forward to any of the Stephen King adaptations that are coming out this fall? We've got, of course, the final It movie, and Michael Flanagan's Doctor Sleep is coming out, and we also heard yes. there's this greenlit Eye of the Eyes of the Dragon, which I'm really interested in, and uh, uh, the Little Walk, which is one of his uh, one of his better Bachman pieces. So, uh, any of those strike your fancy? I mean, all of them. I always love to see how they get 
you know, kind of translated to the screen. Um, I loved the book of it. I think it was amazing. Um, again, a tough one because there's just so much in there. But I, I am, you know, I know a lot of people were kind of hit or miss uh, with this one. Uh, the, the, you know, I guess remake of part one. I liked it. I mean, yeah, I think there was a little too much CGI, but I really enjoyed the story. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to um, part two. How do you feel about the announcement today that James Marsden and Amber Heard are going to be the leads in the stand, uh, the new stand miniseries? Well, I have not been paying attention to the news, so this is the first I'm hearing of it. Well, um, I definitely. Uh, it was announced two days ago, in fact. Oh, gosh. See, this is, I'm not, I need to pay more attention to the to the news. Yeah, um, and get this. Today, Dark Tower started filming. Oh, really? Yep. I've been paying attention to my Stephen King. Get out. Got to get out from under my rock. But here, I'm going to throw it to Raven, too. How do we feel about James Marsden playing the lead in Stan? Honestly, I think it actually might be a good too? choice. Hmm? I'm a, I like James Mar- Marsden. Uh, he's just so likable. He seems like he's a likable person. I don't know if that's a facade or not. But it's like, no matter what he plays, I kind of don't care because he just seems nice. And then with Amber Heard, I kind of have the opposite, where she seems like she'd be really mean to me because she's way prettier than I will ever dream of being. And therefore, (laughs) she probably would have bullied me in high school. Um, And so I just have a bad taste in my mouth. That None of this is scientific at all. That's just my initial feelings on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I like this feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of... It's so hard until you see them do it. I mean, I don't, I don't want to judge yet. All right. Well, yeah. here, I also have some more news, if you want to know. Other casting um, I was love announced. News. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm um, ready. Randall Flagg. Let's see who's playing him. They did not say who's playing Randall Flagg still. Interesting. Uh, Randall Flagg is one of my favorite characters because he, he obviously translates more than one book. But um, oh, the, yeah. the blind prophet from the stand is going to be played by Whoopi Goldberg, of all people. Um, oh, and, uh, she's going to great... be Mother Abigail? Yeah, or... yeah, definitely yeah. Uh, yeah, Mother Abigail. And definitely Marsden's playing Stu Redmond. That has definitely been listed. Uh, and then House of Cards, Greg Kinnear is in it somewhere. Um, so those are the people that have been casted so far for the new stand. And I know that Mick Harris has been so excited about this project because, you know, uh, he, even though he is really hands-on on the first one, I think he actually might've even produced or directed it. I don't remember, but, uh, you know, uh, I have a hit and miss feeling about the first stand adaptation. I thought the first half of the miniseries was actually quite good, relatively faithful yeah. to the, to the book. Mm-hmm. And I thought the back half just, fell apart and fell into tropes that we are so outdated. It's ridiculous. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we didn't need a, you know, a, 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 a ex machina moment in that, in that story. And that's actually one of the things I've always liked about the stand story. It's not really an ex machina moment because everybody died. <laughs> you know, right. But, uh, Spoiler. 
Yeah, spoiler. Well, they all die in the first 15 pages of the book, Raven. Really? It's not really a spoiler. Everyone dies in the stand. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. They haven't Wait, said which one am- Spoiler. I, they haven't said it's Amber Heard is playing. Actually, I have to take it back. They haven't said it's Amber Heard's playing the lead, uh, the lead actress, or if she's playing the chick from New York. They haven't actually mentioned which lead female role she's in yet. So I'm actually leaning towards that she might be the one that plays the the one that Randall Flagg wants to uh, have babies with. Oh, could be, could be. I mean, you said she's kind of got that Mean Girl vibe, right? I I feel it, but I I don't know. It could be my anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) It thinks he's mean at me. (laughs) Okay. So there's so much Stephen King, and and it's it's just going to be a whole crazy time with Stephen King. And so thank you, Vanessa, for having on real quick and talking about your stuff. Uh, Tell me where, if you have any appearances coming up, plug your stuff. Um, appearances, that's funny. That's not going to happen for, I don't appear, <laughs> but I'm not magical. Um, well, well that remains to be seen. <laughs> True, there's magic in there. I'll be in New Mexico for most of July, not appearing anywhere except on set. Um, <laughs> I will be at Days of the Dead in Charlotte in September, um, just, you know, promoting the fest. And Women in Horror Film Festival is moving to February. It is going to be during Women in Horror Month. So that is a big, fun change. How close is it going to be to Days of the Dead Atlanta? Could I combine the Um, two? I don't know how long you're going to want to stay. We're looking at, like, the last weekend in February, but the dates have not been set. Uh, I know Days of the Dead is earlier. Yeah, they're usually the first week in February. So yes. I'm like, trying not I, to combine it because that would be pulling people to make choices. And, I don't want them uh, to make well, a choice. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, we'll do what we can. But um, the only choice I've made for next year so far is I'm going to Star Wars um, a celebration in Anaheim next August in 2020. I, bought, oh. I forgot to tell Aaron I bought my ticket. So this jealous. Week. Yeah, so uh, that's all I'm doing next year so far. We'll see. But in the meantime, we have Stephen King, the deep dive, and Clive Barker, the deep dive, and McGarris, the deep dive. So I'm doing all that. And uh, so, Vanessa, keep us in a loop on how your 13 fanboy progress is doing. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And I hope I get to see you in person soon because we do cross uh, pass every once in a while and it's awesome. Yes, me too. I hope so. And Raven, do you have any final things you need to say to our wonderful guests before we sign off for tonight? Uh, well, I want to thank you for being on the show and it's lovely to meet you. I'm going to find you on Facebook and make you be my friend. Um, I will do it, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just also wanted to say how much I enjoyed your film um, and oh, keep doing what you so you're much. doing because you're doing it well. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. I really had fun. Thanks. And, and, and give me give you much love to your family because your family's adorbs, as you know. <laughs> and oh, uh, thank you. 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll see you soon. I am going to sign off for the night, Sexy Witches. So thank you again. And um, so we will be back on the air on, once again, did I say July 9th, Raven? Is that when I said it? Yeah, I believe July 9th. Yeah. And Erin Marie and I are going to do a recap of Days of the Dead, Indianapolis, Vanessa. So listen in and see how our show went. And uh, then then Erin then Kogan and I are going to do a full, get this, full hour and a half preview of San Diego Comic-Con 2019, where we are both Woo-hoo! going full boat ride, nice. preview night through Sunday. And uh, and and I'm gonna fit in a trip to Galaxy's Edge on that trip as well. So we have a lot to talk about next July. And and Raven, you actually get that day off. You're off that episode. You get to take a break. Woo-hoo! So now I can enjoy. afford that operation. Wait, what? Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so all right, guys. Thank you again, guys, dental witches, everyone out there in Radio Land. And I'm going to leave you tonight with the wise words of Bill Shatner covering common people. So once again, blessed be good film hunting. We'll see you in July. Happy Fourth to all of you out there. Enjoy. Blow some stuff up, long as it's patriotic. And uh, we will be back with you soon. Good night. At least I thank myself. There it goes. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. And in 30 seconds' time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. took her to a supermarket. I don't know why, but I had to start it somewhere. So it started there. I said, pretend you've got no money. She just laughed. She said, oh, you're so funny. I said, yeah? Well, I can't see anyone else smiling in here. Are you sure? You want to live like common people? You want to see whatever common people see? You want to sleep with common people? You want to sleep with common people like me? But she didn't understand. She just smiled and held my hand. Let's apply to barber shop. Cut your hair and get a job. Smile some plants and play some pool. Pretend you never went to school. But still you never get it right. When you're lying in bed at night. Watching roaches find the wall. If you called your dad, he could stop it all here. You'll never live like common people. You'll never do whatever common people do. You'll never fail like common people. You'll never watch your life slide out of you and dance and drink and screw. Because there's nothing else to do.
You never do. You never do. 